Welcome to Hair Uncut. I'm your host, Kelly Gorsuch. This is a podcast dedicated to looking at the hair trade from a top flight perspective. Follow along while we explore it through open and honest discussion. What's up, gang? Welcome back to Hair Uncut. It's been a couple weeks since I've been on here. The weather's been beautiful, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I I go through a thing every once in a while when I'm talking out loud where I have this, um, not every once in a while, it's just about every time I talk out loud. I go into like this existential crisis thing where I start like regretting or thinking and sift- sifting through like everything that I talked about and all the things I said and then I have to figure out if I still believe those things and it just gives puts me in this weird spot so just just know that when I talk out loud this is not easy for me it doesn't come easy it's not natural and um and it's very uncomfortable I had um I had Allie Davis in the studio a few weeks ago and we laid down about five hours worth of of conversation and Unfortunately, that uh, that file got corrupted and I lost all of it. Um, you know, this is the mistakes that you make. And this is one of the reasons why bringing in people here and this is um, this is difficult because I want to bring people in and I want to talk uh, through some things, but I really don't want to waste their time and I feel horrible about it and um, it just is what it is. But shout out to her for coming down and and talking in the studio. I'm willing to do that with anyone. Allie Davis is good for me because, you know, she makes me think about the industry in a way that I don't think about the industry. So I appreciate that. I like to think, or at least I like to understand other, other people's thought process. I'm really good with deciding, okay, like I understand where you're coming from and I respect it. Uh, and then also understanding that there's several different types of businesses and salons and different la- levels and layers to the game um, that complicate the whole idea of who's right and who's wrong. And I don't really come from that. I understand that there's different things and we gotta you gotta basically build what's right for you. This is why I don't like I don't like these um, educational people out there who are telling you that it's all their way or the highway. You got to do it this way. Like, that's just not true. And uh, I've been in enough of these salon environments to understand that you could do this a lot of different ways. Uh, I've worked in countless salons. I mean, well, you could count them, but (laughs) but I have worked in a lot of salons Um, and I've built a lot of salons and I understand that my way works, but it probably wouldn't work for most people. And then I understand that their way works, but it definitely wouldn't work for me. So it's just kind of being honest about what you want out of the industry and then trying to reverse engineer it um, backwards and then trying to figure out what what's best for you. And that's what I think that's the gold. That's the gem. That's the stuff that really sets people apart because you have to have a confidence about how you attack the industry and the levels and the systems and you have to you really have to think about all of the way you want to you want it to work right you have to think about you have to boil it down to how you want the business to work for you i don't think you should be in this business for money i i, I think that if you have a voice and you have something that you have you want to say then I think you should do it. But the truth of the matter is most of the people that are owners in this business really shouldn't be owners. And, and it's not to say that that's not 
you know, they shouldn't take a shot or whatever. What I'm, most of what happens in this industry is like someone was really good at hair and they made a lot of money and then they turned that into ownership or they had a huge clientele and they turned that into ownership, right? Which is kind of, I guess, somewhat how the world should work. Uh, but at the same time, I just always think about it like this. A lot of times we get promoted out of the positions we are really good at. I, I can't tell you how many times I've promoted a receptionist to something that they then couldn't do or, you know, vice versa. Like you promote like a shampoo assistant to receptionist and they can't do it. It's, a lot of times I do believe that work ethic is everything and, and that you could, that really it's kind of almost like success is almost like a character trait. But at the same time, you know, that is the inevitable problem is that you might you might get promoted out of a position you were really good at. Like I was really good at haircutting, like taking a chance at ownership. There was a solid chance that I wasn't good at it. And when I first started doing it, I wasn't good at it. Right. And and um, and it may be even debatable if I'm good at it now, uh, to be honest with you. So, it, you know, the funny thing is I do things a lot differently than most. Um, I stay true to my course, right? I stay, I stay true to my ethics. Like there's, there's things that I could do in this industry that I believe I could make more money at it. But am I willing to hurt the industry? And no, I'm not. I grew up in this industry. I believe in this industry. I believe in the people that I'm working beside. And I, and I don't want to hurt the industry. That's not the legacy I want to leave. I'm, I'm not so hard up for money that I need to like scrape every dollar out of the industry. My whole goal is to leave something behind that I'm proud of. And the the idea that that's going to be a, a brick and mortar is probably ludicrous, right? So it's really about, hey, did I add to the field while I was in it? And then you just have to figure out that for yourself. You have to reverse engineer it backwards. Hey, what am I, what do I want out of the career, right? Like well, a big thing for me is apprenticeship program. Well, I'll tell you that eats a ton of my profit, a ton of my profit, because I'm, I'm investing in people. I'm investing in the community. And the simple truth of this industry is you just don't know how long people are going to be in it. So, you know, like every once in a while I hit and someone's in it for 20 years. And then, you know, I'll have three out of four that I train and they're in and out of the industry in, in seven years. Right. So you just don't know what you're getting. And, and that just is what it is. Uh, but you got to you got to take an ethical standpoint in which you believe in. And then you got to build businesses from there. Don't take that wrong. Don't take the, don't, don't say, don't, Hey, like you're being that. No, you're not being negative. You gotta, you gotta just, and I'll, first of all, I don't really think you should dive and you should get like, you know, I don't think you should drown in that emotion. I, I think you should start by, you know, just getting it going and, and doing what you want to do and have some fun at it. Right. Like don't turn it into corporate. You know, understand that like it's really easy path to go down because you're trying to, okay, now you want to do a policy book and now you want to do this and now you want to do that. And like, it's really easy to go corporate, but let me just, you know, warn you in advance and you'll, maybe you listen to me, maybe you won't. The more I got corporate as a business, the more I disliked the business and the more the hairstylists disliked the business, even though they were the ones clamoring for it even though they were the ones asking for policy books and more structure and all of that, the simple truth of the matter is no one in our industry really gets in it because they're easily managed. <laughs> so just to put it politely, and that's okay, right? Like I'm for that. We're artists. 
we're going to do our own thing a lot of the time. You just have to kind of wrangle it a- enough to make sure that everyone understands their role in the village, in the tribe, right? So you just kind of, like, as a manager, that's what I'm trying to do. But this is where the policy book gets lost, right? The second you put a policy in place, you got to hold someone else accountable to a policy the same as someone else. Uh, easier way to say that because that even as I was saying that, that was confusing. Take two employees. One employee, super hard worker, works six days a week a lot of times, um, doesn't take a lot of vacation, uh, comes in and it's all hair, uh, training the next imp- the next uh, apprentice. They're, they're going above and beyond to be a good member of the tribe or the village. Then you take uh, stylist number two. Stylist number two like comes in. They might like show up to the job most of the time, um, but they don't really care. It's kind of about them. It's really not about the team. They're not going to show anybody anything. Why? Why should I give my my tips and secrets away? Um, you know, kind of have like a different mentality, right? And I'm for both. Um, don't get me wrong. It's not like I look down on either one, but. When the, the the inevitable happens, because we're stylists, right? This is how you end up in this industry. Even myself, I'm gonna show up to li- to work late once in a while, in a blue moon, or I'm gonna forget I had an appointment one day and not come in, or what have you, or I'm gonna get sick two or three times in a row, whatever. Almost everybody in a salon atmosphere is gonna give you an opportunity to fire them over a year, right? And it's just, it's not that. You're looking for opportunities, but they're going to do something that's like the bulk of the, the stylists are going to do something that's just stupid, right? They're going to stay out drinking all night and forget that tomorrow was Saturday or they're just going to wake up at one o'clock, no, no call, no show, their first three appointments, right? That's just the kind of the stuff that we deal with as owners in the industry. Now, when that inevitable mishap happens, right? Do you want to hold those two people to the same policy? Okay, well, now you're suspended for a week. Well, hey, man, like you more than made up for like any little mistake you made if you were in here giving it your all. Whereas I'm going to treat you a little different if you were the person that, and and honestly, I'll le- I would have probably left you alone the rest of the time, you know, up until this moment, you know, but I'm probably more likely going to suspend the person who, uh, doesn't give their all and does something like that, right? And it may it may be like a little, the first infraction is never going to be a lot with me. And then the second infraction is a little more. And especially if they're tight together, and you know, because it's a lot of like uh, in our industry, you deal a lot with someone's got their stuff together and then they go on like a three-week drinking binge or or what have you um, from there. You know, but it's, it's going to be like a progressive thing a lot of times. So you, you got to stop the snowball before it happens. So having a policy book makes you treat people the same that really should be treated differently, right? Like you should be taking some of these other factors into account. Now, I don't think you should take people into account. Like I, I'm not going to, I can 100% tell you that if those two people existed and I liked and or they were the exact same person, right? They were both doing the same thing. They gave the they both gave their all to the business, and then they both they both uh, do something wrong, right? And I like one more than the other. 
that doesn't exist with me. That's where the business, the business ethics of it all have to come into play. That's where you have to go, look, it doesn't matter that I like one or the other. I can't treat them differently, right? But you do have to have varying degrees when there one gives more to the to the tribe than the other. And that's just as simple as that. And that's why I don't like policy books. And I don't like being held to these things because everything's situational and you should take other things into account. Not just like this idea that you need them to fear you in some way, right? Like some kind of Machiavellian thing, right? Where they need to like somewhat fear you. I I just don't believe that to be true. Um, So up to y'all, I really think that um, you should think about your policy books and maybe scratch them. I will tell you, like me scratching them was one of the greatest things that I did for my business. Um, I hope this got the brain thinking on it, uh, whether or not you go that way or not. Like, I get it. Like, if you're in the low end or you're in the mid end, like policy book make, may, may make all the sense in the world to you. But like, I always have to reiterate um, that I'm not in this to teach anyone how to to become good at the middle Uh, I'm just not like I'm trying to teach people how to like treat businesses a little differently at the top and to be a top flight salon. And a lot of times that's given um, the the very artists that make our industry so special that that leniency that basically attracted them to the field in the first place. So um, thanks for listening in and huge shout out if uh, if you're still in operations because what a tough two years. All right, guys, thanks for uh, listening in. All my love to the top flight owners out there. (laughs) Guys, thanks for listening in. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for taking the time to care about the industry. It it matters more now than it ever has before. Please review this podcast if you're so inclined. And if you like the content and the information that we shared today, please take it, make it your own, distill it, skill up, and whatever you do, please take the time to pass it on to the next generation. (laughs) 